I was just about to go for a walk, actually. Well, we can still have a walk. Maybe lunch at a pub. Eleanor was tempted. She quite liked Jean, and she didn't know many people. What with all the packing and moving around and trips to London and back. It was a business settling into her new home. And besides, she was slow to join things, and neither a frequenter of pubs nor a regular churchgoer. Good idea, she said. Where shall we meet? The George in West Bay. Say, half an hour? It was one thing leaving London and the past behind her, Eleanor thought, resetting the answer machine. But no man was an island. You couldn't live completely alone. She went upstairs, changed, slapped on fresh lipstick. She had good skin and wore little makeup, ran a comb through her hair, got her keys from the dining room table, and went round for the car. She backed out of the garage, put on her sunglasses, turned on the radio, and drove up the hill. Coming down from the brow of the hill with no cars in front of her, but a line on the other side going in the opposite direction, she saw a car suddenly emerge from the line of traffic and head towards her. I don't believe this, she gasped. Darkness. What is your name? she heard a voice asking. Eleanor. Her response was very clear, but she could see nothing. Can you call my husband? Dick Ashton at Ashton Associates, South Audley Street, London. Aware of people, but still seeing nothing and with no feeling of fear, though she knew something terrible had happened, she asked, Am I dying? You're not dying, said a strong male voice. And then there were the helicopter blades going round and then into a scanner with a woman looking kindly down at her. She didn't like flying and was afraid of enclosed spaces, which was probably why later she could recall those just little snippets of life, likeness in the dark. Have you had a tetanus injection in the last ten years? A voice said. No. Brief interludes of consciousness unaware of the passage of time, still feeling no fear. In retrospect, that was the most curious part, because despite an appearance of strength, she had always been a rather nervous, fearful person. She was aware that Dick was standing by the bed, gazing down at her. He sank into a chair at the side of the bed and put a hand over hers. I couldn't think of anyone else to call. Eleanor murmured apologetically. I'm sorry. Dick said something which she couldn't hear. You'll have to speak louder, she said. A look of concern on his face, he put his mouth to her ear. I said, don't be silly, it's perfectly all right. The pressure of his hand tightened. Alex is on her way. But isn't she in India? She's left. Caught the first plane out. It must be bad, Eleanor murmured. Hugo won't be pleased. You had a very bad accident. Eleanor gazed at the ceiling. Then her eyes wandered around the ward, making her aware for the first time of where she was. How long have I been here? Since yesterday afternoon. About twenty-four hours. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. It was good of you to come. Eleanor tried to squeeze his hand, but found it impossible. She seemed to have no strength, 
and no feeling. She looked closely at Dick. I can see two of you, she said almost in amusement. It will pass, Dick said. The thing is, he edged his chair even closer, aware of her hearing difficulty, I can't stay. Karen had a baby yesterday. She wants to come home. Oh, I'm so glad for you, Dick. A boy, Dick continued. Is she okay? And the baby? They are both fine. She had no real emotion on hearing the news about Dick's new child, almost thirty years younger than James, their son. It seemed ridiculous to be a father again at sixty. She wondered how he would cope, as he'd never been much use when his own children were tiny. James wants to fly over. There's no need. Nothing he can do.